0: Welcome to the PHNX Suns Podcast. I'm Lindsay Smith. That's Gerald Bourget. That's Saul Bookman. Espo is on vacation, so stay out of his mentions this week. Give him some time (laughs) off. I don't have any clever
1: uh,
0: intros or things to say about either of you today. Um, So just welcome. How are you?
2: Good, good. You know know Espo's going to be involved somehow, some way, and then I'm just (laughs) going to reply with
3: that, that why are you so obsessed with me meme? That's a
0: good one. I'm glad you have a plan already in place.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm tired. Espo picked a good day to go on vacation. I won't lie. But we have so much to talk about. Yeah, so much fun stuff with Suns Media Day absolutely. today.
0: Absolutely. And of course, as always, we are presented by DraftKings. And if you guys sign up today, you download that DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code PHNX and you place a $1 bet on any football game, you're going to get $150 in free bets. So be sure to do that. But Gerald, to your point, lots of stuff happening today. You've been up And at it (laughs) since Brian early this morning because today was the Phoenix Suns 2021 22 Media Day at Footprint Center. And you guys were both there, actually. Saul, so not to leave you out, you also put in a lot of work <laughs> That's today, right. too.
2: Yeah, it's all good, you know. Just come to work and do my job. It's just, you know.
0: Well, you know, when you're at the top, it's a thankless job. You know what I mean? You're the one who's supposed to be thanking those of us at the bottom, right? Thank
2: you for everything that you did today, Lindsay. You're welcome. Showing Thank up you. at 12 o'clock I, this yeah. afternoon. I'm so thankful that you were in my life.
0: Oh, so sweet. So kind of you. I'm going to clip that and tweet it. Well, before we get into media day, you guys want to have a... Fun uh tip topic yeah. of the day. Yes. All right. So this one came last night from one Magic Johnson. <laughs> and he tweeted out a picture of him, Chris Paul, and Mikhail Bridges with the caption hanging out with the best floor general in the NBA today, NBA All-Star, and future Hall of Famer Chris Paul and his son's teammate Mikhail Bridges. <laughs> Was that disrespectful? unintentionally disrespectful or not disrespectful at all, because it was a hot debate last night on Suns Twitter.
2: I'm just going to say this. They're not the same person. Magic is a far better person. But I'm going to use this comparison because they're both very bad at social media (laughs) is that Magic Johnson gives me OJ Simpson vibes on social media. (laughs) Like they both are just out of touch. (laughs) And you're like, are they really this bad on purpose? And that's what Magic Johnson is for me. And so I feel like he just, he was just kind of neglectful. He didn't realize that it was going to cause the stink storm that it did. And it sure did.
3: Yeah. No, I don't, I don't think he realized. It was unintentionally disrespectful for sure. I think it's unfortunate Mikhail Bridges didn't make all defense last year because then Magic would have had at least one thing to throw in there. But instead it's just Chris Paul. Like he gave him more titles than like Daenerys Targaryen. And then we get to <laughs> fucking Mikhail Bridges Basically. and it's like, and also, this Basically. other guy was there too. It's, it
2: would be like if I hosted this show and I was like, hey, I'm here with the former <laughs> Suns Digital host and two time Emmy Award winner, Lindsay Smith and Gerald Borgay. That's me. Right. That's just me. <laughs> That's straight up me. And the guy who
3: got hacked one time on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: I agree. It was unintentionally disrespectful. He could have at least added in a little bit, you know, like up and coming star or yeah. all around great defender, whatever you want, but something.
3: NBA finalist, even. Yes.
2: Also, also I just realized that now that I'm not sitting on that side, my hand gestures can't go as far and wide as they normally do, because I almost got her in the head. I got to make sure I I keep my hands to myself. I
0: mean, yeah, we're going to have issues if you accidentally hit me in the face today. Lindsay
2: has already tried to bully me out of this chair. She is not happy with the fact that she's in the middle right now. I'm
0: not. That's my chair. I'm I'm, I'm a creature of habit, and that includes the chairs I sit in. She's
3: going to go Kelly Oubre and hit you in the face with a mic here, so... (laughs)
0: see there watch out (laughs) she can swing that thing too (laughs) (laughs) all right you guys want to get into media day conversations? let's do it yes absolutely all right well let's start off with monty williams the Mm. leader of this squad and just kind of what you guys heard from him today when you were at the footprint center and what stood out to you most
3: i mean the biggest thing i think is that monty was like really a good reflection of how most of this fan base probably feels right. Like he even said he was kind of throwing himself a pity party for the couple of weeks after the finals. And then he realized just kind of how blessed he is to even be in this position. Um, you know, he, he talked a lot about his faith and how it's a, it's a get to not a got to with this team and and how this season really was incredible that they went on this run. Obviously it hurts that sting of coming up short, but The big thing for me that I heard from him was that they're not going to change their approach and how they go about their business. Obviously, the expectation after you make the finals is to make it back and try and get over that hump. But, you know, they're going to be as methodical as they've always been in just taking care of what they do and focusing on themselves. That step by step, you know, intermittent improving month by month thing that he implemented last year, that's still very much going to be in effect, even for a young team that has these expectations now and made it to the finals last year, they're not going to change anything about the way that they do, which is a good thing and and pretty much what you would expect from a guy like Monty. Absolutely. No, I, I just,
2: again, I I don't know how many times I can say this. I said this during the entire run last year. And basically since he got here, I just love money Williams. Mm -hmm. I just, I think that he's the kind of guy that you ever meet people in your life that you, you sit there and you're like, I could sit there and listen to him all day. -hmm. And there just feels like there's just so much information that I could gain from this this person. Not only um, on a on a you know like an educational level, but also like a spiritual level. Mm -hmm. Um, Just the an approach to life that he has, and uh,
3: we have it at first. Moneyism today.
2: Yes, uh, go did. ahead. Yeah, you had it. Right? Right yeah, there. there. there's a new one, right?
1: Yes,
3: there's a new one. You uh, earned the put, right to have short breaks. Yes, yes. They put this sign up in their facility. Short breaks are earned. Yeah, and sure. that's yeah. that's a good message for a team that's coming off a shortened off season that had never been to the playoffs at all, let alone that deep in the playoffs. And you know, just that mental, physical, emotional toll that it takes to turn around after a tough finals defeat, come back and start a new season this quickly. Like I feel like we're all kind of like, man, we can't believe that was just a couple of months ago already. Yeah. So I can't even imagine how they're feeling. So I think he sent the right message to his team with that kind of sign. Yeah,
2: and I, th- I know they're they're gonna have a, a team meeting tonight, mm-hmm. probably a dinner somewhere, I would assume. And uh, it, the thing that that James Jones and basically Monty and and other players have kind of echoed is, again, it's kind of like that John Wooden philosophy. It's it's not about what the end result is and whether or not you can quantify that as a successful season. Mm-hmm. It's about the process it takes to get to whatever you end up being at and whether or not that was measured as successful or not. No, that means, did they do everything right? Did they prepare you know, every single day um, the, the right way? Did they do things the right way? Did they, did they execute on the court? Did they play to the best of their abilities? And if they did, and you can answer all those things in a positive way, then you can live with whatever result there was. And I think that's what Monty was kind of talking about, where he kind of felt, you know, he he he, he got absorbed in the moment mm-hmm. and he felt bad for himself. But then after that two weeks is over, it's a little easier to get over things when you know that you did the very best you could have, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to, man, I wish I wouldn't have cut this corner and I wish I wouldn't have cut this corner because we've all had those scenarios in our life where we wish we should have, could have, would have it. And um, yeah, that's what I appreciate the most about Monty.
0: I agree. And, and you can tell that his messages stick with the players on this team because I would say at least half of them had some sort of statement that was very similar to <laughs> yeah. that. And also not just the letting it go part, but the um, you have to take this step by step. You can't just jump back into the season and think, oh, well, we made it to the finals last year, so we're good for another finals appearance this year. It has to be calculated. Yeah. It has to be precise, and you have you can't skip steps. Mm-hmm. And quite a few players echoed that, so I think it's good to see um, that it's resonating with them. Absolutely. Not to jump ahead too much. We don't have to talk about what all Cam Johnson said, but one thing <laughs> I did think that was interesting that he brought up was that you know they had a lot of conversations as a team about that finals run, and he said there was – quote no consistent agreement on what they could have done differently to beat the bucks mm-hmm. and I thought that was interesting because I feel like that's a conversation that we've had here a little bit you've seen it on Suns Twitter a lot um, and when when each of these players were asked kind of just about that finals appearance they all seem to have a little bit of a different mm-hmm. perspective or take on it
2: I, yeah. I, th- I think it's I think that just points to the fact that, uh, it was a, a collective need for everyone to play a little bit better. It wasn't just on one person or one philosophy or plan of attack. It was the entire group from top to bottom need to contribute just a little bit more. And I think that would have made it the biggest difference. And you can kind of see that towards the end of the season. And that's why I think James Jones can live with the results and understand like we just, we didn't need to add one bigger piece or we need, you know, this or this, we're good with where we are at. Mm-hmm. We got all the way to the NBA finals. We just need to make some minor tweaks based on what the regular season and the majority of the playoffs taught us. Mm-hmm. And then we go from there and we take our chances again. And I think if they take that philosophy and that approach uh, this season, they're going to be right there up there with everybody else.
3: Yeah, and I think that was reflected in what James Jones had to say about the moves that he made this summer in terms of what, you know, JaVale McGee brings to the table, what Landry Schammett brings to the table. It is interesting that they couldn't find an agreement on where they went wrong in the finals because the truth is there were so many like just little things, yeah. even one or two percent difference in that area might have changed the outcome. So it, it is it's good to see that like Monty and James Jones are on the same page as far as understanding that it hurts to get that close to yeah. eternal glory in the NBA like that and fall short. but you know, nobody was picking this team to go to the finals heading into the season and the fact that they got there, was remarkable so it's a learning experience for a young group for sure and you hope that they get to build on that especially with Chris Paul getting older now but the truth is that this season was just incredible for these youngsters and for their growth and their trajectory moving forward
0: speaking of Chris Paul James Jones did say today that he is always a full go he's good for training camp and so that wrist surgery went well and hopefully it won't um, cause any issues for him this upcoming season and then James Jones also noted, I'm reading your tweet, Gerald, that Devin Booker played a lot of basketball this summer. So he's not worried about a missing training camp, which I think we can all kind of agree on. Like, yeah. take a little bit more time because we want Devin to come back refreshed, <laughs> healthy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully that situation for him goes smoothly. And when, when he does return, he's at full strength as well.
3: Yeah, and, and Monty echoed that as well. They were saying, you know, Booker plays so much basketball. He's the guy that wants to be playing all the time. Like, obviously, you don't want him to it to be the circumstances, health and safety protocols. But as long as he's okay, asymptomatic, you know, he'll be back in no time. And he's not a guy that you need to be there in training camp. He's been there for years. He knows this system. He knows the guys that he's going to be playing next to in the starting lineup. So, it's not the end of the world that he's not there for a training camp. It's a little minor annoyance. And it's one that, you know, a guy like Chasson Randall is probably very excited about <laughs> because he gets his opportunity now. So we'll see.
0: Yes. Well, speaking of that, um, Flex from Jersey, that was the little nugget of information that he wasn't was. able to fully tell us last week, but he alluded to on our show, which, um, if I'm correct, Flex will be joining us this Wednesday as well, right? Flex,
2: uh, Flex on Wednesdays or. <laughs> Flex appeal. Sorry, flex I don't appeal. know why is the flex. bad? On? Flex, on <laughs> oh <man>, flex. Wednesday. <laughs> the plex. flex appeal every Wednesday. Yeah, he'll be here on Wednesday. He'll, he'll probably talk about that as well. Yeah. But
0: yeah. All right, well, you guys want to talk about one of the uh, bigger acquisitions this offseason, JaVale McGee.
2: JaVale McGee. Literally, figuratively, however you want to take that. Yes, absolutely. Um, Can I say it that way every time he does something? JaVale. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I support it. I got you.
0: (laughs) What did Monty and James have to say about bringing JaVale onto this squad?
3: James was very complimentary of, of JaVale in terms of just, like, he, you know, there's obviously the size, there's the rim protection, shot blocking. He mentioned all those things. But he also mentioned a fearlessness and his competitiveness, which, you know, JaVale McGee has gotten an unfair rep over the years as being, you know, the shacked and the Fool guy. But he's been around so many good teams. He's a three-time NBA champion. He just won an Olympic gold medal this summer. Like, the guy knows how to play his role on winning teams. So that fearlessness to just go up and, and not be afraid of being dunked on when he's trying to protect the rim... That's the type of thing that, not that DeAndre Ayton is afraid of doing that type of thing, but that's the type of thing that you, if you have a guy, a veteran to look up to as well, that's something that can rub off on him. And we all know DeAndre Ayton can block some shots. So that'll be a positive influence, just having another big guy behind DeAndre Ayton. Um, You know, Dario Scharch was great in that small ball five role last year. But just having more size, rim protection, and kind of hoping that that fearlessness rubs off on Da, those are all positive things.
2: I don't. I there was a question uh, that tried to correlate, um, you know, JaVel McGee uh, to um, oh scrappy guy Clippers. Jesus, why am I going blank today? I'm having a brain fart. Uh-huh. Pat Bev, yes. Oh yeah, that was weird. And I was like, what? <laughs> like that that was not um no. I would never Wait, put, Did
0: you say there was a question today? There was a then?
2: question yeah. that was trying to correlate the um Pat Bev's impact with the Clippers and how aggressive and how annoying he is with JaVale McGee coming here and being similar like a similar type of player and I was like have you yeah, not watched these that's... guys they're nowhere near the same kind of player <laughs> no. uh, JaVel McGee is not a pest no he's not he's not an aggregator <laughs> mm-hmm. he's gonna block your shot absolutely like one of the best shot blockers in the league um, and he, he he can do his job uh, the Shacked and the Fool thing I mean I, I feel like as he's gotten older and older he's he's gotten away it's, from that yeah. like, he hasn't been as clumsy. Uh, Just like a lot of us, you know, we we start to grow up and we're not as clumsy as we once were. Uh, And so I didn't understand that correlation. JaVale McGee's, uh, I think he is going to prove to be the best acquisition in the league this season because of the way DeAndre Aiden is going to perform this year. And you're not going to see it. People are going to give DA the credit because I feel like DA is going to have... Uh, probably his best offensive year this year. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Mm. And and people will be like, oh, man, he must have really put in the work. But I'm going to say this right now. It's because he's got to go up against JaVale McGee every single day in practice. And that is what's going to pay dividends.
3: Interesting. And then I do think I agree with you. I think going up against that type of length every single day is something different than he experienced on last year's team. Because, you know, it was either Dario Sharic or Frank Kaminsky who – you know, probably weighs 105 pounds soaking wet. So like, yeah. <laughs> we're we kidding here.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was something that DA mentioned, right? Didn't he say he's going to help him with his rim protecting or shot blocking one of the two of mm-hmm, those because mm-hmm. going up against him in practice? Yeah,
3: exactly. And that, I think that's another great way that he'll rub off on him because DA will get used to having to carve out a little bit more space or be a little bit stronger to get his shot off against that type of length. So That's a positive thing. And, you know, NBA practices now are not quite exactly what they used to be. You know, the hardcore like three hour extravaganzas they used to be. There's a lot more that goes into load management and, um, you know, preserving those off days. But that is a positive thing that could come out of this.
0: Mm -hmm. And I'm reading a tweet here from Kellen Olson over at Arizona Sports. He said, DeAndre Ayton said JaVale McGee is going to help him a lot. Called it almost a dream come true to have someone like mcgee that's a presence inside like him mm-hmm. and then in addition to that uh JaVale said he's really looking forward to that mentorship role with da and mm-hmm. he also said um if him and da end up playing together then that'll shut down the paint for sure
1: i don't want to <laughs> what do you think about that we keep trying
3: to bring this back to life breathe life into this deandre Ayton at the four thing and i get it like that's where he played in college this is the nba he's a he's a seven footer basically you're not a four until you prove until he starts hitting step back threes off the dribble this man is not a four he's a five so (laughs) i know that he keeps bringing it up and it's funny when he does but like Stop it. We're not doing this. That's a U of A
2: bullshit all over again. <laughs> it didn't work at U of A when oh. they had Dusan Ristic, and it didn't work. It's not going to work in the NBA. Never. It just isn't. And DA has proven that he's not a four. Mm-hmm. He's a five. And he's one of the best fives in the league. Mm-hmm. So accept it. <laughs> Please just let it sink Jeez. in and stop the madness. Jeez.
0: Okay, but to the mentorship part, it mm-hmm. does sound like both of them are very bought into those roles of mm-hmm. uh, JaVale being a mentor and DeAndre accepting him as a mentor. And I think that's a, a positive thing too. I,
2: I I understand that to a degree, but I don't know at this point. I mean – I. It Maybe sounds,
0: mentor is a bad word. Yeah,
2: because then it makes it seem like DA is still like young in the mind and he's not experienced enough. DA is has played every part of three and a half seasons, if you include like the playoffs, right? Like mm-hmm. he he's there. He's he's a veteran now. Like he knows the game, he understands it, he understands what's expected of him. Chris Paul did all the mentoring you could possibly uh, want. Mm-hmm. Uh now, position-wise, obviously there's a little bit more relativity with, with Javell, but I don't know how much wisdom is gonna be able to provide DA at, at this point in time. I think it's more just the experience. And yeah, there's gonna be little nuggets here and there, like, right. hey, I remember when this happened to me, blah, 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 cool. But um, Javell, if Javell was the focal point of any of the championship teams he was on, <laughs> then then I would understand it. But Javale, again, he's a he was he's basically been a career backup, but a very good career backup, mm-hmm. um, and a very good uh, man off the bench. And so I think, you know, we gotta be careful with like, oh, what's this gonna mean to Da? Like, mm, right. all right, settle down.
3: Yeah, it's it's little tricks of the trade that yeah. he'll pick up from Javale, and and especially because they are a very at this point in time at least like a similar archetype as far as these rim running bigs these guys that can block shots and get bored so it you know it's surface level stuff but he will pick up little nuggets like Saul was saying here and there I
2: will I will also say sorry I will also say that my confidence level now think about last year in the playoffs we were all afraid that if DA got hurt Mm -hmm. we would be absolutely effed right (laughs) I don't have that fear as much anymore because at least defensively they're going to be okay yeah. or at least be able to, um, you know, manage the deficit to a degree. So I, I do feel better about that.
0: Right. So we're agreeing we're going to eliminate the word mentor. Yes. And we're going to replace it with something less drastic, I guess you could say. Yeah. or Less yeah. substantial. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's we'll it's it's, dr- it's dramatic. It is dramatic. Okay. <laughs> like, he's going to mentor him. Like, no, sorry, Obi-Wan's not here. Calm down. <laughs>
0: So, Gerald, one thing I want to ask you about, because we talked about this before the show started, with DeAndre, you mentioned today he talked a lot about sacrifices. Mm-hmm. So, tell us what what he said and kind yeah. of your thoughts on that.
3: So, that was interesting to me, because the Suns <laughs> have done a very good job about mentioning how much DeAndre ate in sacrificed. sacrifice. So, none of this is new information. Nope. But, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, anyone listening to this, but I don't remember D.A. overtly saying it himself before. And... So it was interesting to me that he brought up, you know, I've sacrificed a lot during my time here, especially with, you know, contract negotiations, either ongoing or, you know, just wrapped up. That's interesting to me that it, I'm not going to say it was agent speak or anything like that, but it did kind of seem um, it, it was interesting timing. I'll just say that, that he's bringing up how much he sacrificed. And I think he's kind of sending a subtle message like, Hey, either pay me or this or this year is going to be a little bit different in terms of what you're going to see from me. Um,
2: yeah, basically pay that man his money is what that means. (laughs) Yeah. Like, Hey, you know, I sacrificed. Mm -hmm. I know I sacrificed, Mm -hmm. but we ain't sacrificing anything in my bank account. I'll tell you that much (laughs) right now. DA is going to get paid. And after you saw what Michael Porter Jr. just got today, pay that man his money. You're going to have to give it
0: to him. Zenith, I think, I'm sorry if I'm saying your name wrong in the chat, says thoughts on MPJ contract extension (laughs) and how this impacts Mikel and DeAndre's contract.
3: I mean, both of their agents are licking their chops, fist pumping right now because, (laughs) I mean, DA, if Michael Porter Jr. is getting the max from the Nuggets being a completely one-way player, all potential DeAndre Ayton doesn't have anywhere near the offensive potential, but what he showed defensively being a two-way player at age 22 in a finals run, like he deserves the max if that's what MPJ is getting. Mikhail Bridges, I'm not sure it affects it too much, but I really do think that we're pushing closer to hundred mil than that 90 mil. When we have been talking about like that 90 to hundred million dollar range, I think so this I gives his people, right. you might be right. Yeah. I, that, y'all said it
0: was a bold <laughs> statement.
3: <laughs> I, I mean, I, I was the one who said 90 to 100, so I'm...
0: That's true. You, I, did. I, you did. I was
3: wishful thinking at... 80? F- 84? Uh, uh, yeah. 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 It's not going to happen now. Yeah. No, not after that. Not even a little bit.
0: Well... Did um James Jones mention anything about those contracts today?
3: Yeah, so he was mm-hmm. asked about it and it was kind of a, not a dodging the question, but he basically said like we'll work yeah. We'll work those out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work those out in our own time. Our focus right now is on training yeah. camp and what's in yeah, front yeah, of us. your own right. time is in 2 weeks. So buddy. basically yeah. ask me ask me in a few weeks. <laughs> I mean,
0: <laughs> what else were we expecting honestly? It's not yeah. like he was going to come out and be like, "Yeah, we're almost there. Yeah. We'll let you know tomorrow."
1: Yeah. Seems
0: like a no brainer. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about Chris Paul.
1: All
3: right.
0: Obviously, uh, James did say his wrist is good. He Mm -hmm. said he's been rehabbing every day in the shortened off season, spending as much time with his family. What else stood out to you about um, hearing from him for the first time in a while?
3: Yeah. I mean, I I think it was just for me hearing just the amount of, I don't want to say pain in his voice, but you could tell that like he's still he's still bothered and very much motivated by what happened in the finals, especially for a guy who has been fighting his whole career to get there. So that kind of stood out to me that the hunger is still very much there. Um, he doesn't look at this upcoming season as like a, like you need to rest me cause I'm getting old type of thing, which could be worrisome, but we'll talk about that later. But like, I don't know. I, I just, I feel very comfortable that he's still this team's leader and, and that he wanted to come back here. That was the other big thing that he brought up is that like, it wasn't even like a decision for him, really. Um, it was just a matter of getting the deal done and coming back because he said um, he had so much fun basketball wise and just life wise because he said he's close to his family, but also this team basically became his family last year, which, you know, we all heard him speak ad nauseum last year about how much he loves being around these guys. So this wasn't a surprise to us. It might have been to the rest of the league that he re signed with this team, but. This was basically just confirmed everything that we knew about Monty Williams and this team and the culture and how dramatically things have changed since even, you know, two or three years ago. I mean, Chris Paul
2: in one year became the second greatest point guard in franchise history, Mm -hmm. point blank. And he's going to finish his career up as a son. And if he goes back to the NBA finals one more time, Mm -hmm. uh, you can make an argument that he's the greatest point guard in franchise history. And you might be st- stunned to, to hear that <laughs> because Steve Nash has two MVPs, but mm-hmm. Steve Nash hasn't gotten to where Chris Paul got with this franchise ever. And if Chris Paul were to bring one home, he, geez, you might Ooh. talk about the greatest player Pulling in franchise history. Honor right then I there. was
0: just going to ask, if Chris Paul wins a championship mm-hmm. here in Phoenix with this team, is he then looked at as – does he go down in history as a Phoenix son? Like, more is he more aligned with the Suns than the teams he's played on throughout his career? How does that all play out? Because, like, you know, with a guy like Charles Barkley, right, you could, well, I've heard people make this argument to me, he's a Phoenix Sun, but Mm -hmm. the argument has been tried to be made that he's more a Sixer than a Mm Sun, which I disagree with. I'm just using that as an example. What would Chris Paul's situation look like?
3: Chris Paul, I feel like no matter what, even if he wins one with the Suns, will go down as kind of this journeyman because you could think about iconic moments from every stop he's had, like going back to the Hornets. like I think the Clippers was a big one for him, and then he goes to the Rockets, and you think about 2018 when he got so close, and then you think about the Suns now that he's made a Finals. I think if they win, Suns would be probably the top of that list, but – He's just one of those guys that has played for so many teams and has been good on all of them that it's hard to associate with him and, with one specific team. And this
2: is the same kind of argument with Charles Barkley, right? Mm-hmm. Is that, yeah, Charles Barkley had a great run in Philadelphia, and that's where he made his name. Mm-hmm. He was amazing in Philadelphia. right? But when you think iconic moments, you don't think about anything from Philadelphia. No. With Chris Paul, you know, with his Hornets days, there's not really much you think about. There's not mm-hmm. one play that where you're like, damn, you know what I mean? Right. Like, that's it. Um, or one scene. Uh, when he goes to the Clippers, like, basically, all of his highlights are lob passes to Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. Like Or tragic playoff moments. Or, or tragic playoff moments. Or <laughs> getting crossed over by Steph Curry. That's what the thing oh, that sticks yeah. out to me, right? Yep. Um, and then you go to the Rockets and him limping because mm-hmm. he pulled his hamstring. And, like, it's just tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. Mm-hmm. Then you get here. And you see him hoist a Western Conference Championship. If he were to raise a banner in this place with with a, a championship finals performance like it's it's the Phoenix Suns, hands mm-hmm. down, because yeah. he took a franchise who has been basically the model franchise or, or one of the blue bloods of the NBA without a championship mm-hmm. um to a championship and finally got that them over the hump. And I think you gotta give that man his flowers at that point.
3: Yeah. I think it would be honestly like if they even if they don't make it back to the finals at any point through the rest of his tenure, I think you seriously consider putting him in the Ring of Honor just for this one season getting to the finals and what he's doing to the trajectory of this young group. I mean, obviously we'll see how the next three to four years play out, but like he's already pretty close to Ring of Honor worthy in my book. What, for that. What
2: what Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling did for the diamondbacks and that historic run in the playoffs, if Chris Paul and Devin Booker were to actually go all the way through and they almost did this year. Mm -hmm. And that's what it was reminding me of is like just this almost seemingly out of nowhere, kind of a hold of this city. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was, I mean, it gave you goosebumps just every single night going to the arena. Like, man, Mm -hmm. this we're here. yeah, We're here. (laughs) And that's how you felt back in 2001. We're like, Oh my God, we're, we playing the Yankees in the, in the world <laughs> <laughs> series. Like, is this really happening? Mm-hmm. And so to play the bucks in the, in the finals, it was, it was that surreal feeling and, and they almost brought a championship. And I just feel like you, you don't shake things like that. And so, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's definitely worth having the conversation about it. And like you said, to see what happens in the next few years, one of the things that I really liked about Chris Paul is that he said um, one of the best things about the Suns this year is continuity Mm-hmm. but they can still get better mm-hmm. together. Yeah. But I, I like the connection there, that I like that they still have a lot of their same people, but they're focusing on getting better. You
2: know who else is getting better?
0: I do. <laughs> bring her on in. Hell yeah.
2: I mean, hey, it's Mercury Monday, and we're excited <laughs> to bring on Sophie Cunningham, who was epic in the first round of the WNBA playoffs. Six threes, five in the second half, And I saw her behind the scenes, and to say that somebody was hyped up would be the understatement of the year. Sophie, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, you guys. Thank you. Sorry, I've lost my voice. I was cheering too much yesterday. (laughs) I mean, I'm not
0: surprised. There were two really good games, two games that had a lot of emotion, a lot of team excitement. How are you guys feeling as a unit right now uh, heading into the semifinals?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I think we're getting along um, better than we ever have this whole season. So that's super exciting considering it's playoffs. You know, we're the final four teams or uh, one of them. And um, for us to just still be getting along and, and not wanting to leave each other uh, is a huge testament of, you know, the culture that the Phoenix Mercury has.
2: Sophie, I, I mean, I don't know how many times you've been in the zone in your career or in your life, but I assume that, you know, it's it hasn't hap- it doesn't happen every year. Uh, you know it, were you in the zone or is this just another night for you you just got an opportunity to prove it
1: yeah you know I think um I this was more of like how I felt in college and um you know from high school to college you you have to adjust your game to to be better than what you were because what you did in high school didn't work and it's the same thing from college to the WNBA and so uh you know I think I'm just starting to get more comfortable I'm starting to know my role and, and uh you know do my strengths which is shooting and um you know so I've been in the zone a lot in college and haven't hit it much here in the WNBA but I think the other night uh, I was definitely in my zone and it felt like uh, the old days a little bit
2: Wait, you know how how I knew you were in the zone is when you hit a bucket in the corner and you said something you said something <laughs> I don't know what you said but
1: I was like oh she said something good <laughs> I don't know what I said either. I have no idea. It was an undeserved tech. <laughs> undeserved. <laughs> oh,
3: very undeserved. I, I was watching that and I was like, she can't, you you just got to let her have it at that yeah. point. Um, what was the key for you getting in the zone the other night? Like when did you know that you were like, okay, yeah, I'm feeling it tonight.
1: Yeah. You know, I think I, the, the first half was just weird. I mean, there's no energy. No one was really doing anything. And so uh, someone had to step up. And, uh, I kind of just came into the game, and I was pretty much like, screw it. Like, when I touched the ball, that thing's going up, and um, luckily they were just going in. My teammates were finding me when I was open, and uh, I was just letting that thing fly. I wasn't thinking, and so it just felt good to go out there and be able to to not think and play.
2: To see your team perform the way they did yesterday against Seattle, uh, so many moving parts in this game, uh, you know, the ebbs and flows of this game, and then you guys go into overtime and and, and, and survive. Uh, you know, what, what were you feeling? And then, and then also, you know, you didn't play as much in game two as you did in game one, Mm -hmm. mostly because, you know, somebody came back, I don't know, know, (laughs) the goat. Um, and so, uh, you know, what were, what were you feeling on the bench, um, and on the court during that game and, and how confident were you that you guys would pull that
3: out?
1: Yeah, you know, I think I was so much more stressed. I thought I was, like, going to throw up in the second half because when you're sitting there watching it and you can't do anything but, like, bring the energy and talk to your team- teammates, oh, my gosh, like, I hated that. Like, I'm sweating starting to think about it. But, um, you know, I I don't really um, – I brought the energy. I still own my role. And – uh, you know, some stuff is out of my control, but uh, when you're in that type of environment and every play matters, you, you're not, for me, I'm not inside my head. I'm not w- wanting to be out. Like, of course I want to be playing, but I'm wanting my teammates to do well so we can win because, like I said earlier, we are not ready to, to leave each other and we uh, we want that championship. So, uh, yeah, I maybe didn't play as much, but it was still just as exciting as the other night.
0: You guys have the Las Vegas, Las Vegas Aces. Tomorrow is the tip-off of that series. Just what are you game planning for around this team? And what are your thoughts uh, heading into the series?
1: Yeah, you know, this is a really good matchup. Um, we we recently just played them. They were our last uh, uh, regular season game. And so we're familiar with them, which is really good. Um, and, our, and our BG and Sky didn't really play much. And we lost to them by one point, And so uh, we match up really well against them. But they're a phenomenal team. You know, they're second in the league. And that's not for... Uh, any reason that except for they're really good and they know what they're doing. And so uh, when you're the in this stage of the series, you know, anything can happen. So you can't take a playoff. So it's going to be exciting. Um, I know that the Phoenix Mercury uh, fans, the X Factor is really excited. So uh, they mean a lot to us and they, they do us well.
3: Sophie, we've talked about this on the show, but what are your personal thoughts on the playoff formatting as far as like The first round is exciting with the single game elimination, but then it is also single game elimination in the second round. Just what are your kind of thoughts on that and whether you'd like to see it as a best of three or maybe best of five in the second round instead?
1: Yeah, I think it's weird, honestly. Um, I think that as a player, it's way more stressful. So I mean, if you win, it's like, woo, you know, that's the only game. But I think it, it doesn't make much sense. I think maybe the first game should be single elimination. But after that, we need a series. We need at least three games. And then, uh, you know, the final four teams can go five games. I just think that makes sense. We're the only league in the whole world who really does the um, two single elimination games. And we're the best league in the world. So we should be having more games than that. So that's my viewpoint on
2: it. When, when, you, when you look back at the game against Seattle, I'm just going to go back to this one more time because – there's something to be said about Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi possibly playing their last, you know, season in the WNBA in a historical context. um, How much are you able to appreciate these two women and what they've done, not only for the WNBA, but for basketball worldwide, for, for little girls and and, and women as well. Um, How much do you appreciate what they've done?
1: Oh my gosh. It's, it's legendary. And it's weird that, uh, you know, as a little girl, you, they're the face of everything. And then you you might be here for like their last year. Like you're a part of history because of the two goats, which is insane to me, but um, super appreciative. I mean, uh, just being able to learn and be a sponge and soak up all the knowledge from Diana uh, and, and the way that she treats people, the way she treats the game and understands the game is, is huge. You know, a lot of people, uh, most people don't get that uh, opportunity at all. And so uh, it's kind of bittersweet. Honestly, some of our teammates, we were just texting about it this morning that uh, Diana is in our team text like, hey, good morning, everyone. Let's go get team dinner. Let's go hang <laughs> out. And it's like, oh, my gosh, like this might be her last year. And like I'm over here crying because I'm like, I don't want it. To be. She's so great. Um, but, you know, she uh, she's put in her time and she's done so much for for us as women in the league. And so, uh, you know, whatever she wants, we're going to do. <laughs>
0: You kind of touched on it a little bit with the things that you are trying to soak up being around Diana Taurasi. But if you could point to one thing that you took away from her, what is that one thing that stands out the most?
1: Um, honestly, you would think that um, like she, she cares a lot about the game and she cares um, about how we do them. Like, like little details, she cares, but at the same time, she doesn't get too high and she doesn't get too low. Like she does. Like if she makes some mistakes. Like it's like whatever. Like we still have 29 minutes to play. So I think I just kind of respect that. Uh, her her mentality of not really giving a care if you want to say that. <laughs> you <laughs> um, can say it. Um, you, you don't know? give a shit. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly. And so. Um, for someone to just, uh, to, to be like that, cause you know, at the league, you, you think you have to be perfect. You can't mess up for her. It's like, just go play and, and like what you do will happen. Like don't overthink it. Just go be you. And I think that, uh, that's something that I'll always carry, um, along with, you know, she's told me that since I was a rookie, so that I'll, I'll keep that forever. It's yeah.
0: interesting that you say that because there were so many stories that came out about Sue Bird with the exact same thing yeah. that it's yeah. like. Both of those women are such champions for their teammates and other people around them. Where, you know, if you're having a bad night or if you're missing, if you miss a shot, they're going to go to you again or they're going to be the ones who pull you out of that funk. And I just think it speaks to, again, the greatness of both of those women.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And I think you nailed it perfectly just the fact that they are the two greatest but they make everyone around them great. And I think that is the best type of leader that you can be in. Uh, that's the type of leader I want to be. So I, I respect that and look up to them.
2: Absolutely. Well, Sophie, we, we appreciate you just so much for joining us here on PHNX Suns. And it's Mercury Monday, as we always do every week. And we want to you know wish you and your team the best of luck as you head forward to play the Aces and hopefully on to uh, bigger and better things as well.
1: Absolutely. You guys are so much fun. I love this podcast. So, uh <laughs> thanks for having me on it. Thanks. Thank so you.
2: Thank so you. There yeah. we go. That's what I'm talking about.
0: That was a really nice compliment. Oh, oh she she likes her podcast. What? Yeah. I was like, <laughs>
2: <"That's> <laughs> what I'm talking
0: about? I'm I'm feeling wow. real good you, about you, myself. You know what's right so funny though.
2: And this isn't a this isn't a, a shameless plug, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But when Lindsay and I went to the Mercury game, there were several people there that said, "Hey, I listened to your podcast." Thank you for talking about the Mercury. Like they were showing us a lot of love. Well, they were showing Lindsay a lot of love. They were like, "Who the fuck's this (laughs) guy?" Everybody
0: shows Lindsay love (laughs) as Lindsay two time Smith. Two time, let's go. (laughs) Um, No, but I'm I yeah. Like Saul said, is it's really cool to see a lot of people. (laughs) You guys got me (laughs) all.
3: She's all flustered.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, you know what I'm going to do with that. I'm going to transition us into a DraftKings read. There we go. And by that, we're going to start with you, Saul. How'd your bet go this weekend from our pick of the week last week?
2: (laughs) Oh, actually, my pick of the week was good. Except, (laughs) except, I said, I said the Arizona Wildcats would cover the first half spread against the Ducks. He did. They were favored to lose, or it was a 17.5 spread. Mm -hmm. But my dumb ass, (laughs) instead of picking the spread... I picked the money line, which meant that they were going to just lead at halftime. Yep. And I lost. So was that are you
0: saying that so, you just accidentally clicked the yes, wrong thing yes, yes. or you just
2: otherwise I wouldn't have I wouldn't have pumped it up the way no, I did last week because no. okay. I was right. He was right I got on the it money. Right. He was on oh, the money. Okay, okay. I just I made the, the wrong, wrong bet. bet yeah. <laughs> With this that meter. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it does suck. It really does.
0: Well, if you guys want to go out there and make um some of the right bets, be sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code PHNX when you sign up. Because if you do use that code and you place just a $1 bet on any football game this week, you are going to receive $150 in free bets instantly, no matter what. So be sure to head over and download the Sportsbook app, the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and use that code PHNX. We talk about it all the time, but, you know, DraftKings, it's safe, it's reliable, it's secure, Um, it's a heck of a lot of fun. I think I put almost every single bet, Gerald, that you wrote about last Friday. I made all of those features. No pressure. (laughs) shit. I'm really looking forward to the end of this season to find out just how much money I've made off of using the DraftKings Sportsbook app. If
2: the Suns have an amazing regular season and win an NBA championship, there is going to be the happiest woman in Phoenix (laughs) sitting on our podcast. I promise you that. Also, the Mercury right now, Uh, which I disagree with Vegas on, Mm -hmm. are five and a half point underdogs for tomorrow night. I like those odds because the Mercury have fared very well against the Aces. As Sophie said, the last time that they played, um, uh, Skyler and and Brittany didn't really play much and they lost by one. Mm -hmm. They beat them earlier in August. So I like the Mercury's chances in this series. I think they match up very well. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I'm here for it. So if you want to uh, put some money down on that series, be sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use promo code PHNX to receive $150 in free bets instantly when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code PHNX to get $150 in free bets instantly. Uh, 21 and older, Arizona only, gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, eligibility restrictions apply, see draftkings.com sportsbook for details. And then another quick reminder that if you are a member at gophnx.com, You still get 20% off all Cardinals merch for the next few days as a part of your membership deal of the week. So be sure to take advantage of that if you guys haven't already. And, I mean, you guys, I mean, we talked about this a little bit right after uh, Sophie, but it's fun to hang out here on our podcast. It's fun to be in the Discord. It's (laughs) fun to um, see all the content we have on gophnx.com all of Gerald's writings. Um, Saul, you actually are writing stuff too. I did, I did. Mm-hmm. I,
2: wrote, uh, I wrote actually about Sophie's performance yeah. mm-hmm. uh, last uh, Friday morning. So Yes, yeah. great piece, it was a lot of fun reading it actually. Yeah, I
0: yeah. enjoy
2: yeah. it. Gerald was my proofreader, cause it's been a little, it's been a little <laughs> while. <Yeah. laughs>
0: so. Hey, it's a team effort out here. So if you are not a member yet, and you want to become a member, just head on over to gophnx.com to be, become a member today. And if you do, you'll either receive a free T-shirt of your choice from our locker, which there's a lot of really great T-shirts in there, or you can get your first month for just 50 cents, depending on which option you choose.
2: So if you get the annual membership, you get a free T-shirt, or you can just pay monthly and go the cheaper route. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: well, and I mean, you could do 50 cents for this month and then use 20% off to get a Cardinals T-shirt right now. Or wait until our next Deal of the Week comes out. That might be something you like even more. Deal of the
2: Week's come out basically every Wednesday. So Mm -hmm. uh, we we try to reward our members as much as possible. We try to, you know, make it enticing to become a PHNX member. Uh, Because before you know it, I'm telling you, this is what's going to happen. This is what happened in Denver. We expect this to happen here. Um, you're gonna see PHNX gear everywhere. Mm-hmm. And um it's a family. It's a family. I really thought you had a horn over there. Uh, that sounded really realistic. We're a family, we're repping PHNX, and uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a it's a lifestyle, as mm-hmm. we say.
0: It is. So let's uh circle back around to a little bit more Phoenix Sun's media cool. day. Sure. We we can go down the entire roster of what people said, but with mm-hmm. Before we maybe take that route, is there anybody that stood out to you that we haven't talked about yet that you enjoyed what they said one way or the other?
3: I mean, I just got to shout him out really quickly because we're not going to spend a lot of time on talking about him this season, probably. But Chandler Hutchison really did impress me as far as he knew a lot about the guys that were already on this team and their skill sets and what they bring to the table. And he was really well-spoken, seems like an intelligent guy. So I was impressed by him. Um, But the other one was Jay Crowder who was very just kind of honest and upfront about um, the mental and emotional toll of going to -to back-to-back finals and coming up short in both of them with condensed off seasons, both times. Like this guy has put his body and his mind and his heart and soul through the ringer these last two years um, because he is a a very fiery competitor. Um, And he came so close with these two teams that no one expected to get there so close to getting over the hump didn't make it either time um and now is kind of dealing with the aftermath of that for the second year in a row and so i thought it was really um i don't want to say brave but it was really a a stand-up thing from him to hear him talk about like i'm i'm seeing a psychiatrist about dealing with that kind of building my mental stamina after that experience because he admitted like last year especially at the beginning of the season there were times where he was just kind of checked out or he was his brain was fried, he said. Um, and I thought that was just very honest of him to say that, and I think that's the type of honesty that could help some of these younger guys get through that same disappointment of, of coming up short and then having to turn right back around, mm-hmm. get your bodies back in shape, and try and do it again. So I, I thought that was kind of a moment where he wasn't trying to be a leader or even necessarily offering anything to his younger teammates, but that's the type of thing that could help them as they're trying to make this quick turnaround. I think,
2: you know, if we if we just took an NBA player and we put them into the to the to the I'm not going to say the the real world because they are in the real world, <laughs> right. but you know, like the the normal everyday world, right? Like like, corporate like, America like, like what we that. do on a day-to-day basis, right? Mm-hmm. Every person in their job at some point hits a wall mm-hmm. where creatively they're just in a funk or they just lose the passion for whatever it is, and usually a couple things either happen. Either you move on you go to a different job, you get promoted maybe, or there's some type of change or dynamic shift within your workspace that kind of reinvigorates you somehow, Mm -hmm. some way. You need one of those three things to happen for you to be able to advance, right? Mm -hmm. Well, in the NBA, there is nothing like that. Unless you get traded, there is no promotion. Mm -hmm. There's nothing going on. Jay Crowder is already a starter. He contributes quite a bit to this team. So so how do you navigate those mental hurdles on a day-to-day basis um, when you hit those walls? and i think it's i think like to your point it's remarkable that um he he owns that and he's not afraid to share that because a lot of people need to hear that um especially you know normal everyday people like ourselves where there's times where you just like oh my god Mm -hmm. do i really have to go into this fucking job yeah like but you do because you know other people are relying on you so that way they don't have to carry the weight of your burden um, as much. And so uh, I appreciate him for saying that for sure.
0: Sundaras Dunks um, in our chat said, I'm sure more players could use a sports psychiatrist. I mm-hmm. think you could eliminate the word sports from that. Sundaris, uh Dunks. <laughs> yeah. I think you could just a lot of people and players in the NBA, of course, could just use support yeah. from a psychiatrist or a therapist you because it is a yeah. mental load. And especially when you're in a position like Jay is coming off two back to back shortened seasons on top of everything else that the world is dealing with that's a, that's a lot
2: absolutely you know I, and, and you know what's so funny is is um you know i have a i have a relationship with a, a former u of a track athlete um and uh they used to talk about how they did have a a therapist or a psychiatrist um that would help them overcome mental hurdles because Uh, she at one point was also like just she is she was tired Mm -hmm. and she lost her enthusiasm to be able to play the sport that she loves so much Mm -hmm. um and so she was trying to find it and it was hard for her and to watch her go through that for like i'd say six months and you know the the tears and the emotion behind it because she just couldn't find it Mm -hmm. um and then when she did find it you could see it was like a whole new person Mm -hmm. it's like oh man i figured this out you know like this is what i was missing and. Uh, So for for Jay to be able to identify something before it might have happened or maybe he got a glimpse of something that he didn't like and to be able to to find the help to to deal with that, I think it's just remarkable. And a lot of a lot of people just not even athletes, just a lot of people, if they could just take that one little grain um, and try to learn from it and grow from it, I think this world would be a much better and happier place. Absolutely. Because I think and, there's a lot of disgruntled people oh, in the yeah. world right now I yeah, <laughs> no could use a therapist oh, yeah. for sure. I
0: mean. Yeah,
3: <laughs> Not even just in the world of sports for sure. Yeah, it's, I, I can't
0: blame anybody for that. No.
3: I, I think people take for granted that, you know, these guys, even though they get paid millions of dollars and they play a game, like there is a lot of pressure. There are a lot of obligations that come with that. So it's, it's good to hear these guys when they talk about their mental health and prioritizing that to – for the rest of us to remember that, like, hey, just because they play for my favorite sports team or whatever, doesn't mean I just expect the world of them all the time without anything giving. Like these yeah. guys are these guys go through it just like we all do. Mm-hmm. So somebody in the chat said, I know I need one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay, join
0: join the crew. Same, like real. we're all we are all part of this, okay? All right. One thing we have to bring up before we close. Mikel Bridges. Yes. Said oh. that little Red Sea <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in reference to obviously the Cardinals' Red Sea. Mm-hmm. Okay, what was like the mood, the vibe oh, when oh, he made oh, those yeah.
1: statements he chose, I, I tweeted he chose, out he
2: chose violence. He did. Because he's a Rams fan, <laughs> mm-hmm. and somebody had asked him, they said, did I see you at the Rams game yesterday, which he was at. Mm-hmm. And,
3: uh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> he didn't even remember that the, the Rams were playing the Cardinals either. That was yeah. the best part is he made his little Red Sea comment like before anyone brought up like, oh, they're playing the Rams this weekend, right? And he's like, oh, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. And then on
2: his way out the door, he did say, Oh, man, I'm going to pay for that Red Sea comment. I just know it. they're going to be all over me. So uh, you give them hell, Cardinals
3: fans.
0: Yeah, hit him up in his uh, mentions. and just, But be nice about it. But just, you know, you can't be a little petty. Yeah, give
3: him yeah. a little
2: grief. Yeah, for yeah. sure.
0: <laughs> he hopefully, deserves it for that. Hopefully one.
2: the Cardinals can can win this weekend. And then you can really give them hell.
0: <laughs> that would be so funny. Oh, man. Uh, that, that's a bet we're going to have to look at the odds on tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Or Wednesday and decide. Maybe we can see if Mikkel is Mikkel allowed to even bet on professional sports as long as it's it, not the as NBA.
2: As long as it's right? not his own sport, yeah, I think he can. Yeah, sure.
0: I feel like we should convince Mikkel to make a bet <laughs> with all of the Little Red Sea.
2: Oh, um, so it's I Red
0: Sea like, versus Mikkel, <laughs> and yeah. uh, for this upcoming sunday's game i think that get him to
3: use that code goes. phnx <laughs> <laughs> yeah there we go so
0: they not have to lose Mikkel out bridges
3: uses the code why don't you <laughs>
0: <laughs> well we are about to wrap up here so before we do that mm-hmm. again one more time because you guys were both there at the media day um anything else that stood out to you or you want to have a conversation about real quick you know
2: i i think my my overall takeaway was Damn, it felt good to be back at Media Day, number mm-hmm. one. like uh, Media Day is not one of my favorite things to go to or do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's really anybody's favorite thing, but it's a, it's a, it's a necessity. It's, it's a way to kind of get your foot in the door, and it's a, the signal to the start of a new season. And to see the players walking up and down the hallway, they all were in a great mood. I actually saw JaVelle, DeAndre um, taking pictures together, and they were just joking around, having a good time. It just felt like the vibe was like, okay, we're we're getting back to a little bit of a sense of normalcy, and uh, you know, this season I think is going to be electric because now, um, you know, let's be real, the playoffs and the finals, there's a certain dollar ticket that you need to have to be able to go to those games. They're a little expensive from time to time, Mm -hmm. but regular season is a little bit different, and I think a majority of Suns fans will now be able to be inside the building and take part in that. And I'm I'm just excited for. Uh, Planet Orange to to really soak that all in because it's going to be a fun year, I think.
3: Yeah, I agree. I, I think my biggest take takeaways were that everyone, all the players, everybody were on the same page as far as not skipping steps, which we talked about. And then the other big topic that's been coming up, not just in Suns Media Day, but throughout the NBA was the whole vaccination thing. Um, and every player that was asked, every player was asked. And all of them that were there vaccinated, Devin Booker was not at Media Day um, Health and Safety Protocols. So everyone on the Suns is vaxxed that we know of that was there today. Also, so,
2: can I address something real quick? Sure. Everybody was all up in the chats yesterday talking about uh, the Kardashian curse. I'm here wow. to tell you that this is not a curse because my man got all the way to the NBA finals yeah. with Kendall Jenner. And I don't think the curse is real. No. So there you go. We don't or do Maybe that.
0: it's because she's Kendall Jenner instead of kendall kardashian yes because it is a quote-unquote kardashian curse Mm -hmm. she's not technically a kardashian they
2: they do lump them all in together though okay
0: but you can't just lump people in a box (laughs) (laughs) Saul. you know this okay but my two things that i really appreciated was deandre started i think his presser with phoenix about to be a lit city or something like that (laughs) Mm. and i think that was kind of set the tone it sounds typical DeAndre Mm -hmm. and then JaVale McGee started his presser by taking a picture of all the media who were there with with a disposable OG camera (laughs) and he told us that the blog is coming to Phoenix so Mm -hmm. we're gonna get a lot of really great content from JaVale McGee this season which I mean I think that'll be super fun give us a little glimpse even more behind the scenes of what's going on Mm -hmm. in that locker room and with those guys that we all Love to watch night in and night out. Yes. I just
2: love teams with chemistry.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I
2: love it when they all jive together. It, mm-hmm. it makes me, it gives me a warm feeling to want to support a team like that uh, it, because, you know, you, it's something that we all hope we have in our lives. And uh, to be able to see that every single day and understand that these guys absolutely love each other. Uh, it's I'm I'm just ready for the season. Same.
3: Oh, and we should probably plug the uh, Alfred Payton interview that we did today. Oh, that would right. yeah. probably be a good idea. Yeah, that, that uh, probably <laughs> would
2: be a good idea. Actually,
3: let's go ahead and run
2: a clip yeah, from that because not? we've had this this whole time and we just didn't even say anything. This is him talking about Chris Paul trying to recruit him to the Suns.
3: Uh, you know, he was saying that they had a few, few guys on the board that they was looking at, and I guess they must have asked him for his you know opinion and, you know, this is a conversation that we didn't have before, and when he was in other spots, so that's um, how to take him up this time.
2: So, for that complete interview, mm-hmm. you gotta be a member, and you can see it behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a little snippet that we'll play for you. But uh, he had a lot of really insightful things to say about not only Chris Paul recruiting him, but um, you know the choice to come back to Phoenix um, and the differences really uh, between now and you know several years ago. When Devin Booker was just a wee little lad. A wee (laughs) lad.
3: Yeah. It it was interesting because you realize that the last time Alfred Payton was here, Devin Booker's the only remaining son from that same team, which is remarkable. So, yes, become a member, get that sweet, sweet interview, that content. Had to get one in there for you, Espo, (laughs) while you're on vacation. (laughs) Sweet, sweet video content.
0: Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Uh, I'm Lindsay Smith. That's Gerald Borgay. That's Saul Bookman. This is where I'm supposed to tell you where you can follow us on social media. At Gerald
2: Bourget, <laughs> At Lindsay Smith. With AZ. A-Z. Oh, I, always, I always want to say NBA. Did it used to be NBA? No, always been oh, AZ. Okay, never mind. i And wrong.
0: Saul underscore Bookman. The
2: underscore's there because?
0: Alfred Payton is on gophnx.com. Okay. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what were you going for. You can't put me on the spot
1: like that.
2: <laughs> the underscore is there because Lindsay wants her seat back. That's why.
1: There oh, we go. Oh, that's right. That's bringing it back
3: around. My thank you. Thank, you. thank you. Thank
0: um, you. But yeah, thank you guys for tuning in, and don't forget you can get some sweet, sweet free bets by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app and using the code PHNX when you sign up. And then you get $150 in free bets after you place just a $1 bet on any football game. We'll see you guys tomorrow.